Hello and welcome to Science Research Weekly, episode 34, Ribozyme Samurai. Get ready for distractingly dense planets, samurai ribozymes, serious clinical sepsis incidents, jittering in R, the Bioconductor 3.18 release schedule, and the NIH HEAL initiative. This episode covers material from September 21st, sorry, September 1st to September 7th. Let's get started with some research articles. I've got great ones for you today. The first is a supermassive Neptune-sized planet. Astronomers discovered the planet TOI-849b, which orbits a dwarf star, and while being Neptune-sized, it's over twice as heavy as any other similarly-sized planet, indicating a lot of density, and suggesting the mass is actually dominated by heavy elements. The hypothesis for how this planet came to be? Well, it's a planetary collision or multiple collisions that stripped it of lighter material. Next up, we have a SAM analog utilizing ribozyme for site-specific RNA alkylation in living cells. RNA is a multitasker in the cell. Modification of RNA, therefore, play, pays big dividends for labeling and analyzing RNA function. Now, researchers have discovered a new ribozyme. Ribozymes are RNA molecules that act like enzymes. And this ribozyme can modify other RNA. It's named SAM, analog utilizing ribozyme, or SAMURI. And it can be used as a general tool for RNA-based click chemistry to do things like label RNA with a fluorescent tag. So a lot of exciting opportunities there. Third article, the Rabdontidae, Dinosauria, Ornithia, an enigmatic dinosaur group endemic to the late Cretaceous European archipelago. This review article examines the Rabdontidae, small to mid-sized bipedal herbivores, so think of the body plan of a generalized iguanodon, because they're iguanodonts, and despite being one of the most important dinosaur groups in Europe, Rabdontidids are poorly known. Finally, I have the article Estimating Sepsis Incidents Using Administrative Data and Clinical Medical Record Review. Sepsis. Awful, deadly, and common? Researchers in Sweden found sepsis to be a considerable health burden, with estimated incidents to be 750 per 100,000 adults, with over 4% of hospitalizations involved with sepsis, and over a 20% mortality rate for sepsis patients in under three months. Sorry, to clarify, that means the, the survival rate was 20%, uh, or mortality rate was 20% within three months having sepsis. All right, with that, let's turn to some research tools. Rick Wicklin on the Do Loop shows how to model rates from published or sorry, model data from published summary statistics. There are three R bloggers posts today in no particular order, unless you think chronological order is particular. First, we have the R Consortium Infrastructure Steering Committee, which has a call for proposals for grants with a key goal to make meaningful infrastructure improvements that serve the R community. Next, Steve's Data Tips and Tricks explores when to use the jitter function which adds random noise in a numeric vector. Hint, great for visualizing data in a scatter plot. Finally, 
Ismael Rodriguez shares insights on the R package quality and validation for clinical trials. The post covers the types of open source R tools and packages that are currently available for quality assurance and validation. New CRAN packages abound and here are the cream of the crop, or at least the crop that I would peruse to make cream of wheat, figuratively speaking. There is Tap R, DNA copy number analysis for genome-wide tapestry panels, FANT-SEM, create phantom variables in structure equation models for sensitivity analysis, juice down, juice plus markdown, convert R markdown into HTML with inline styles, prox, recreate some SAS procedures in R, and web map. Create interactive web maps using the National Maps Services. And the Bioconductor 3.18 release schedule is now available with the release dates penciled in for October 25th. Let's close out our time to get together today with some research funding. Two NIH notices of special interest are of special interest this week. First, the National Eye Institute has Quantum Sensing in Biomedical Applications, a grant that solicits applications proposing to advance research activities relevant to quantum sensing in biomedical and clinical research applications. The purpose is to support small businesses for stimulation of technological innovation in quantum sensing. Second, an NIH-wide notice, there is research supplements to promote re-entry, reintegration into, and retraining into health-related research careers which is an administrative supplement to provide full or part-time mentored research training experiences for individuals with high potential to re-enter, reintegrate into, or retrain into an active research career after an interruption for family responsibilities or other qualifying circumstances as described. More broadly, the NIH has the HEAL initiative, development and validation of remote or patient wearable device derived objective biosignatures or functional assessments to monitor pain for use as an endpoint in clinical trials. That's the whole title, and it has a pretty self-evident description based on that very long title. Lastly, the NSF has postdoctoral research fellowships in biology. Three clams and a spoon. Thanks for joining me for Science Research Weekly. Science on.